It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back in the Fantasy Football Zone. PJ along with Jake Latarski, Rotowire joining us again. I mean, we, we're waiting on our phones here. We're waiting for some more breaking news, which the past two weeks has involved the Packers. There's something stirring potentially about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. maybe being offered a contract. That's what maybe we're hearing. But so far, nothing official. But we may as well start off with it because I guess it it is pretty big to the fantasy world right now. Yeah, we, have, we know our audience here is largely Packer fans. And Odell Beckham is a player that, you know, we – there's a he's, he's kind of polarizing because you know some people I don't know they think that he might not be a good fit for chemistry reasons but I don't know none of you people out there have ever been in a locker room with him so it, it's tough to say that yeah um no he's uh there's no question about what he has been able to do on the field in the past you know has he lost a step or not that's a question too um you know I still think he's a solid route runner and uh yeah so right now as of this morning you know I'm refreshing Twitter all day long yes. and uh as of this morning it looked like a couple hours ago they were narrowed down to Chiefs, Packers, Saints. And I know, um, you know, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel says the Packers have offered him the veteran minimum. I've seen rumors that, uh, you know, maybe the Packers aren't courting him as much as, um, you know, as uh, mm-hmm. as some of these other teams. There's been some other rumors on Twitter that say the Packers are or were his number one choice. Um you know, it depends. There's there's a lot going on here. The Packers Packers fans need to remember that, you know, they haven't signed Devonte Adams extension yet. And, you know, of course, everyone is hoping, praying that that is coming yeah. here. And they're in pretty dire straits for the cap to begin with. So it's not like they can shell out the pocketbooks here. I mean, you know, there, there's a camp that says, you know, the salary cap in the NFL isn't really real because you can always do something about it. But uh, it's not like they have a ton of, you know, space to just give them an, an amazing contract. But when it's all said and done, I think the Packers truly are one of the best fits. I mean, the Saints were one of the teams in the running. That doesn't make sense to me because, you know, if you didn't like Baker Mayfield throwing you the ball, you're going to like Simeon and Hill throwing you the ball? No. Probably not. If he goes to Seattle, who's been courting them, you're the number three receiver there clearly, whereas Green Bay, you have a chance to be number two with a team that can win the Super Bowl. And this is Odell trying to get uh, – it's trying to show people that he's ready in advance of a contract year. I mean, this is the first time in his career he's been a free agent. He'll get, you know, like we said, a 10-game contract maybe and then yeah. hoping to sign that big deal this offseason. So – uh, this would be the perfect rental. I think it'd be a good fit for the Packers regardless. And um, we'll see what happens. I think something might happen today. See, and, and the Kansas City thing, too, kind of intrigues me as well because I'm like, well, would he really go there, too? Because he would be the third option. He would be behind Kelsey. He would be behind mm-hmm. Hill. And like you said, if he is, he, he's obviously he's going to want to ball out here these 10 games because he wants to get the big contract after this is all said and done. So, Obviously, the best place looks like it would be in Green Bay because a Rogers two is you know with everything going on right now, you know he wants to stick it to everyone and win. So he's going to be very motivated. Of course, you got Devontae on one side, and then there's always that question mark: who's the number two here? And it's always been a rotating door for ever, almost it seems like. So if he were to come here, he would be the natural number two pick, and you know <laughs> you would like his. I, I think even though they're being offered the veteran minimum or whatever, I, I don't think that really matters, though, at this point because, like you said, the end game for Odell, you'd think, is get that big contract. I think Green Bay provides yep. the best opportunity. And I'm trying to be biased or not. You know, <laughs> I'm looking at everything. I'm not, you know, with green and gold colored glasses on, but I'm just saying it. 
you stack everything up, this could this is the best situation. Of course, the rumors have been around for years about trade form and all that, but now it it, it can happen with the free agent signing. Exactly. And we I mean we Rod, we ended up resolving the Rodgers situation this year, but we don't know what next offseason and beyond is going to hold Yeah, uh, for that whole situation. This would be a great gesture for Aaron that they're trying to go out there and get some, even if it doesn't work out, they yeah. at least gave it a shot by yes. going after a big name here for him. And I, I truly think it, it helps their Super Bowl chances as well. So uh, we'll see what happens today. We'll see. I mean, it's tough. I'm not inside his camp or his, yeah. him and his agent's head. There's a lot that could happen here in the next 12, 24 hours. And, uh, you know, it's going to play out. It's going to be fun. Hopefully uh, he'll be suiting up as a Packer soon, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. And to his camp, they want to get this done quick because every time, you know, if this goes on any longer, he's he's going to be losing money because, you know, you're losing games here to, to you know, prove yourself. So I would have to think they have to come to a pretty quick resolution here very soon. Yeah, I mean, the writing's on the wall. He's narrowed it down to teams. There are offers out there. I think it's just a matter of time before he picks one. All right, well, Upset Sunday happened. We had all kinds of weird things going on, and we had Jaguars over Bills. Um, If you were planning on the Colts Thursday night to have a great defensive game against the Jets and you were going to bank on those points, uh, they didn't help you out any. Just There's weird things going on all over the league Sunday. How did it end up affecting fantasy in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, this is the highest level of football, of course. And, uh, you know, you're going to get upsets from week to week. You know, teams are going to come out to play. I would have never guessed the Jags, especially with uh, James Robinson missing. That is the most shocking here and, you know, probably hurt the most, uh, you know, because that's who has the most fantasy relevant, you know, assets really out of a lot of these teams. But, uh, I mean, so you didn't really get much out of Josh Allen. You didn't get much out of Stephon Diggs. If you were trying to play that tight end game or their secondary receivers, I mean, Cole Beasley got his money on short targets, and that was about it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing with that game I want to point out, Zach Moss and concussion protocol, so that could mean more Singletary, but they're a weird team that doesn't run a lot in the red zone. So I don't know how much the ceiling there actually is for someone like Singletary. Uh, with the Falcons yeah, that's and, and the Saints, that's another big one. Uh, we saw that Matt Ryan can still be fantasy relevant. I was kind of surprised to see him. Uh, he was available in about 43% of Yahoo leagues when we did our show yesterday. And he's got an okay rest of season schedule. And even without Ridley, I mean, he, he still got some weapons. Russell Gage just came back. Kyle Pitts is basically another wide receiver. And Cordero Patterson is becoming one of the uh, you know most dynamic and possibly early on league winning pickups in all of fantasy here. Yeah. So there's still plenty of firepower there to beat a team like the Saints, especially if the Saints... As great as their defense is, uh, sometimes the offense might might have a hard time keeping up. And another t- one, too, I would say Sunday night when Tennessee went in to take down the Rams uh, without Derrick Henry, I thought, well, for sure, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be down and out. I-, I would think the tennis, you know, Tennessee would not put up a fight. Well, they sure did. They took it right to the Rams. That offense was disappointing on uh, Sunday night for the Rams. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's tough, you know. An upset, yeah, it was Vegas upset with them coming in being on the road team. But both of those teams are seven and two right now, so you know, yeah. still upper tier teams. Um, but Tennessee did it with their defense, and that was amazing. The Rams scoring six points. I mean, some of that was junk at the end, really. Uh, that's what surprised me. I never really regarded Tennessee's defense as as, uh, as all that good, but maybe they're a little bit like the Packers, where you know it took just a couple of weeks to get in sync and really get into rhythm here, and maybe that's what's happening. And, you know, in that game, too, the big pickup was McNichols for the Titans uh, during the week. We, you know, we were wondering, how are they going to use him? Surprise, he's not even the starter on Sunday night. Adrian Peterson, who they put on the practice squad and then elevated up through uh, basically at the game time, 
Is he now technically the starter for the Titans? I, I mean, he didn't do a whole lot of damage, but he got the most carries. I, I This backfield now is a mess. Yeah, so I'm going to dive into the data a little bit on this one here because, uh, you know, obviously McNichols was disappointing. AP is technically the starter. I think we have yeah. to call him the starter because he started the game. Yeah. But it's tough to call him the starter when he got less than a third of the snaps. I mean, he was only on the field for 32.8% of snaps. Now, maybe that increases a little bit as he starts to get a little bit more familiar and, uh, you know, involved with the offense. But this was a true three-headed monster in the backfield. And McNichols actually led the snap share. He was out there for 44.8% of the snaps. He got three targets to Peterson's one. I don't see Peterson catching a lot of passes suddenly at this stage in his career. And McNichols still carried the ball seven times. Now, he wasn't super effective here, so people that started him and got his five, six fantasy points or whatever are certainly disappointed, but I, I don't think that necessarily means that you, you go out and drop him right away, especially given the investment. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, Deontay Foreman was involved. He was a third-round pick a couple years ago, had a couple serious knee injuries. Sometimes you don't come back from that as a running back, but he was out there for over 20% of snaps and got five carries of his own. Now, the thing is, is coming up, they have a, uh, a pretty big, bad matchup i think it's against the saints here um and yeah. i am not at all interested in yes. using any of these backs really yeah. uh, against the saints the saints are the uh you know they're a top five defense against opposing running backs they're giving up 2.8 yards per carry wow to opposing backs here and uh, you know against the saints you don't run between the tackles most teams just give up on it so i wouldn't expect to get much of any fantasy utility out of AP and, uh, and maybe I'd expect to see a little bit more out of McNichols this week, but uh, I mean, while AP is technically the starter, you know, yeah. by definition of the word, I don't think you're going to get starter fantasy production from the rest of the season. Well, in week nine, we saw some guys come off the IR. Uh, George Kittle was back uh, on the field. Also David Montgomery surprised Monday night. He was out there. Yeah. Um, wasn't expecting that. That's why I had Herbert in my lineup and also what is oh, this? So, oh, so did I, <laughs> Yep, I lost by about eight points yep. and yep. You know, I'm going to blame it on that. Yep. I am too. So we had some comebacks in week nine. So week 10, here we go. Some more candidates coming off the IR headed by Russell Wilson back for the Seahawks. Yeah. Russell Wilson, of course, you know, Rogers here, believes he's coming back as well yep. you know, getting enough negative tests in so you know i'm sure the uh the primetime cbs game is going to be quite happy about that yes. um <laughs> so uh on top of that uh you know i'll tell you after bat, it's not looking great for gronk or ab both were both were, i mean ab antonio brown barely practiced gronk was just running on the side so i don't know if we can expect those guys back uh on the plus side michael gallup i know we talked about him last week ended up not being active but he is expected to be back this week we'll see that's that's a mystery. I've, I've still hung on to him. Yeah. I, I picked him up a couple weeks ago in a couple leagues because, you know, I, I flash back to week one of how too. involved he was in that first drive. And um, I think he could be, you know, especially in PPR an asset. Um, other guys, I'm thinking James Robinson should be back for the Jags, which will probably help, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the whole outlook for them. Maybe they can, you know, score some more points this week and, and, and have a more positive situation here but he might be a little bit limited here uh urban myers already hinted that he's li limited and we already know that urban myers got that weird irrational love for carlos hyde so uh oh you know, you can see a split there yeah of course ohio state <laughs> and then uh and then the other ones, you know, as I was searching down the list, the other notable one is uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, not a lot of injury chatter with them early on in the week, but as the week progressed and they got closer, both of them ended ended up sitting out. Now they yeah. still they still spank the 49ers, you know, with all their backups here. But um, but those two guys, they're very much in limbo. We actually don't know 
uh, you know, Kingsbury is being uh, pretty mum about the situation here. He's not giving out a whole lot of information here, which worries you a little bit. I mean, yes. two weeks ago, you're thinking, oh, I, if you were lucky enough or, or, or smart enough, I should say, to draft the Murray-Hopkins combo, you were sitting pretty. Mm-hmm. Now you've probably taken a couple of losses here. So uh, yeah. definitely a situation that's very relevant out there for fantasy players. And Hopkins, too. I mean, this is now starting to be a yearly thing. I don't want to give Julio vibes off, but it, it's starting to become a thing where every year you're he, he going to bank on a couple of games he's going to be out mm-hmm. and you know what usually it doesn't necessarily <laughs> affect my for him yeah he's only 29 years old yes. so it doesn't affect my outlook a ton, a ton um you know last year he played 16 15 the year before he's missed he's missed one game over let's see one two three i mean one or two seasons he's missed one game up before this year okay. so i don't want to say the wheels are coming off just yeah. yet but uh because he has been so durable over his career all right, so I'm hitting panic button prematurely on him, but who should we really hit it on here going into this week? Yeah, one guy we haven't discussed on the show a bunch is DJ Moore. He got off to a super fast start, was a target machine here, but things aren't looking so hot for him of late here. Sam Darnold is looking at a multi-week absence after you know literally breaking his shoulder here, and uh, so I don't think the P.J. Walker situation is going to necessarily be a fantasy boost for a guy like DJ Moore. Um, so after that start, you know DJ Moore, five consecutive weeks in single-digit standard po- fantasy points. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week four, and when you look at the red zone targets it's not actually that surprising he's only had two targets inside the five all year so he's not really a guy that Donald or anyone I mean Donald just runs it in right that was his thing early on yeah so he's not really a guy that they look for you know down in the red zone and if you're not scoring touchdowns and now you have a backup quarterback coming up uh you know you definitely don't I, I don't slot him in as the automatic wide receiver too that he was you know over the first couple of weeks All right, so this week heading to the waiver wire. I know Jordan Howard's getting a lot of love out there. Uh, Who else should we look for on the wire this week? Uh, Yeah, so the big breaking news during our show uh, yesterday, uh, our free agent show, was that Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton both going on uh, the COVID list. They're both in COVID protocol here. So, And, of course, Kareem Hunt is still hurt. And I was actually really surprised to see that Dearness Johnson, the numbers probably, you know, shot up to almost 100% now. But at the time, he was only 37% rostered in Yahoo fantasy leagues. I was, I was shocked to see him under 40. We saw what he could do when he was the featured back here. So, you know, a lot of analysts out there are basically just putting sliding into Ernest Johnson where Nick Chubb was in their weekly rankings here. So he's someone that we definitely want to pick up. He's the first guy you need to look for the other couple of players. uh, You know, if you watch the Monday night game, Pat Fryermuth looks looked excellent. He's someone yeah. Big Ben loves going to in the red zone. We saw Chase Claypool got banged up in that game. Eric Ebron will com- probably come back, but Fryermuth has produced plenty with Ebron around as well. So he's a guy that you look for, especially given how tight ends have been. You know, you can make an argument that he should be in tight end one consideration the rest of the year. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, Elijah Moore interests me a lot. You know, he had a pretty good prospect profile coming up. And you mentioned earlier in the show last Thursday, Mike White, love, he loved going to Elijah Moore, and it looks like White's going to start again. So okay. uh, there's a player with definitely some ceiling here. I hate talking about the Eagles every week, yeah, but, know. you know, unfortunately, Gainwell was an afterthought while Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, of all people, scored yes. a pair of touchdowns each. So, uh, you know, those are names you have to look at. And then I go over to the Patriots. I know we hate talking about the Patriots backfield normally. It's a cringe fantasy statement. But uh, Damian Harris and Andre Stevenson are both in concussion protocol after both exiting in the fourth quarter. So you got to look at Brandon Bolden. You know, I'm sure J.J. Taylor was a healthy scratch. He'll be back. He'll get some early down work. But you have to look at... uh, 
Brandon Bolden, almost like a higher ceiling James White type when you when you expect his outlook this week. So definitely a handful of players across positions to uh, you know to go ahead and think about adding this week. All right, let's get into some studs and duds. Again, the weekly program, do the opposite. Uh, Matt Ryan did last week for me, so uh, let's see. <laughs> we'll start it off running back position. Uh, who's going to be a stud this week? Yeah, so I want to take this opportunity to highlight uh, Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos here. And okay. uh, I know, you know, up here in Badger country, he splits time with Melvin Gordon. Uh, the game flow allowed him to get uh, career high in carries last week, 17 in rushing yards, 111 yards. But uh, Javante Williams is an absolute stud. And I will say that right now he's better than Melvin Gordon. And as the Broncos look to make a playoff push, they're going to have to realize that sooner or later. You know, if you're into the pro football focus stocks, uh, you know, yeah. the, those stats at all, he's got a 37% missed tackle rate. That's nobody else above 30% in the entire league. He's forced more, more tackles on his own than 19 NFL teams. And this week he gets a bottom third Eagles run defense. And, uh, you know, so good games for both him and Gordon. I presume, but, uh, you know, it's college basketball season over here. If you're familiar with the reporter, John Rothstein, his favorite phrase is buy stock now. So that's what yep. I'm saying on Javante Williams. If your trade deadline is creeping up, uh, I think you want to try to aggressively pursue him while you can. And yeah, I mean, coming into the year too, it sounded like, and I think that's why Gordon, obviously his stock fell in, in drafts because we were hearing all reports. This could be a 50, 50 backfield. Well, now here we go during the season and it's, proving to be true that he's starting to creep in there and get his time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and he's, he deserves it and he earns it. And, you know, with the Broncos, you know, looking beyond this year, you would think the strategy would be just like run Melvin Gordon into the ground, you know, assuming yes. that you might not re-sign him. But, uh, you know, like I said, if they if they're really going to make a playoff push here after winning a few games early in the season, they're going to have to use their best back, uh, you know, when things get into crunch time. All right, stud running back this week. All right, this is low-hanging fruit, but I got to go Najee Harris against the Lions because it's the oh, Lions. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's a very easy pick, but I think for sure if you've got Najee, you can bank on uh, a pretty good high teens, maybe 20s game. I mean, just the, the receptions alone against this Lions defense. I mean, for I sure. think he'll score 40 this week. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I'm, I'm lowballing it here like at 20. I'm like, uh, I think I think for sure he's going to be up there. What do you guys have him ranked this week, by the way? Yeah, so I was actually a little bit surprised looking at our rankings. We still have him behind Jonathan Taylor. He gets the Jags, Alvin Kamara, and Delvin Cook, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I could arguably put him at number one just yeah. because of the matchup here. The interesting thing about Najee Harris is he gets uh, no competition at all from uh, any of the other backs on that Steelers roster. Yeah. He is the guy. And, you know, watching that Monday night game, he talked about how he likes getting hit and how he invites contract. And we'll see what happens with that and his longevity. But he leads the entire league in uh, snaps per game. And uh, he leads the entire league in, uh, or I'm sorry, even, you know, week nine and beyond. He's just, uh, he, he's just, a, he's on the field all the time. And this Lions defense is dreadful against the run here. I could see 30 carries, 200 yards, three scores. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. All right, Dud, uh, running back, who are we looking at this week? Yeah, I kind of mentioned it when we were talking about the Titans, but don't get too excited about Adrian Peterson. He's the Dud. Remember the snap yes. share conversation we had? You know, you have a between-the-tackles runner on the field for a third of the snaps against the best interior run defense in the entire National Football League five-point game for Adrian Peterson unless you know he, he can sneak in a touchdown to uh you, you know to make I think and again that that's opportunistic more than his skill that would allow him to do that but uh yeah I have no interest in him 
I'm going to go Dalvin Cook this week is uh, going to have a dud performance against this Chargers defense. I, I, I mean, there's some off the field news now developing with him and all. I mean, he's coming off a good game against Baltimore, but uh, I think with the matchup here, I think uh, he's in for a dud performance here against the Chargers. Yeah. So unless something completely spirals with, you know, a lot of that off the field stuff, um, the Chargers surprisingly are terrible against running backs. Not this uh, they, week. They're a ma- not, you know, not against the pass, not against the pass. Yeah, they lock people down. I mean, we saw the Eagles get, you know, where Boston Scott and Jordan Howard had two touchdowns apiece. The yeah. Chargers are the first, fourth row's worst fantasy defense in a half point PPR, uh, you know, against running backs. They've given up 11 touchdowns, 4.8 yards per carry, actually 4.8 yards per carry. That, that leads the entire league. Um, and, you know, 11 touchdowns. They're one of only three teams to give up double digit touchdowns to running backs. Obviously, last year, last week weighs heavy on those stats. But unless something completely spirals out, out of control with that Delvin Cook situation, and I'm holding on to Madison in a couple places just in case. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm going to to block those cook owners. Um, unless uh, if, he, if he goes out and he plays this week, big game. I, I don't know if I can get on board with that. But, you know, there's oh, the background on. stuff. that Come on. You got to you got to get on with my numbers. I am ahead of the trends. That's what I'm looking at. Eventually, the defense will catch up. I mean, look at the Packers against the Chiefs. Eventually, that mm-hmm. defense will catch up to the run. It's got to be this week. Yeah. I mean, this is it's opposed. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> No, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an A for effort. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Let's go to quarterbacks. Who's a stud this week? I'm going to give my boldest call of the year oh, here, I think. Like mine and, last uh, year or last week. Yeah. You're not going yeah, Justin no. Fields? No. Uh, you know, that actually turned out <laughs> decent. Much better. Yes. Much better than I expected here. Yes. Yeah. So, so the player that I'm actually looking at is uh, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. And, uh, I'll give you a couple reasons here for picking this Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. Now, again, that's if he plays. He kind of has that ankle injury. It's a low ankle sprain, you know, so that could obviously change. But the Colts here are a matchup that people you think on the surface, you don't want to target the Colts. They have a pretty good defense. The Colts are actually the second worst in the league uh, fantasy defense against opposing quarterbacks. Now, part of that is them establishing a lead, using Jonathan Taylor to extend that lead and making other teams pass. Um, but, uh, the other aspect of that, which is less game flow, uh, dependent is the fact that the Colts are one of only six teams in the league that are giving up more than eight yards per attempt. And Trevor Lawrence is probably getting James Robinson back in some capacity. He's developing chemistry with tight end Dan Arnold. I think, uh, you know, you're not going to see him as, uh, you know, a too much more than a top 15 guy in any fantasy rankings, but he could be a sneaky guy to slot in maybe as your QB two in a super flex or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe s- sprinkle a couple DFS lineups with him in there just in case, you know, of course, making sure he plays and uh, monitoring his pr- practice participation, of course, but the circumstances are, uh, you know, surprisingly good. And I'm just, uh, I'm just quick reading the latest news off Roto RotoWire. Uh, Urban Meyer does expect him to play against the Colts. Okay. Here, so, you know, that's good news. I'm on board with that pick because after I, I know it was some garbage time, but when Josh Johnson comes off the bench for the Jets and he sets a career high in completions with 27 and 317 pass yards and, you know, the touchdown passes, even though it was garbage time, that was still like, guys, what what are you doing? I mean, they were given mm-hmm. a lot. And that's why yeah, Trevor Lawrence with a full game, he, he has shown that, yes, he can he can throw it pretty good and put up some good numbers uh, exactly. I'm, I'm with and, and even I'm without with the soft that. coverage that you know, he, you know, Johnson got at the end of the game, Mike White was doing it early on. Yes. So, uh, so it's not just necessarily game flow dependent in that scenario. There might be some holes in that pass defense. 
I have got to go with, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson against the Dolphins. Now, I know the Dolphins, you know, the defense, I mean, they've, They've almost given up 392 yards a game. So, I mean, they're giving up things, but then some games their defense is, is pretty stout. But I think Lamar coming off the game against the Vikings, were, you know, big comeback win on that. I know they're on the road in Miami, but primetime game, Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to have a big one uh, get coming up on, on Thursday night here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are a couple uh, notes I'll, I'll get to with this game when it comes to our wide receiver section. Yes. So just a sneak peek, but I think Lamar is going to be perfectly okay and uh, is going to do it, you know, a little bit with his arms, but mostly with his legs. I think they see a very positive game flow here. Um, let's see here. So, oh, we're going to go to Duds next here. Yeah, what do you I'll got? I'll give you mine. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Kirk Cousins is my dud this <laughs> week. Uh, you know, he gets the afternoon game. Uh, heading west here again you know i'm gonna play to the listeners here a little bit with this but uh again we talked we just talked about the chargers dynamic with delvin cook i actually think this will be a good delvin cook game you know provided nothing stops him from playing whatnot uh but the chargers are the third worst against uh the run so it's a delvin cook game but they're the second best uh pass defense you know in uh in the entire league here so i don't think this is the fox primetime game there are two late games on fox yeah. so i can't, can't we can't quite say the kirk cousins primetime curse necessarily but uh <laughs> you know he's been pretty good lately he should be targeting justin jefferson more absolutely uh that that puzzles me a little bit um but yeah just a, you know a handful of factors matchup factors they're gonna attack what works against the chargers and that's the run game that's not attacking their their, their cornerbacks I um I've got to go with Derek Carr uh, this week. I know things are looking up for him. You know Kansas City. He historically has, you know, some pretty good matchups there. But I think in this one, that Kansas City defense. You know, even though they were going against Jordan Love last week, I mean, they did you know show a little bit improvement too. I mean, we talk about how we were amazed by the Packers defense. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chiefs did pretty good, it, and yes, it was Love's first start. But I think this go around with Kansas City, a little bit mad and angry, maybe for the first time uh, when they got lost the earlier in the season. Uh, I think Kansas City will show up Sunday night defensively, and uh, you know, I don't like Derek Carr's chances this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's fair enough. They they could maybe maybe be making some strides as well. Yeah, Carr has been surprisingly consistent this year. Outside of that yes. game against the Bears, he's had you know, and there's been one other only one other game under you know twenty fantasy points here. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I mean, can see it. that'll that, be a tough one where yeah. maybe he gets held in check. Yeah, I mean that's what I think. I don't think he's going to go out and have you know monster numbers, but I don't mm-hmm. think you can bank on him you know, mid-teens maybe. If you were thinking of getting into 20s, I don't think he's going to get it this week. Yep, no, fair enough. I can get on board. All right, stud wide receiver, who you got? Yeah, you know, earlier in the show, I talked about Gronk and AB being very limited. Uh, So I'm going to go to Mike Evans as the first thought, but Chris Godwin, both these guys should come out and have awesome weeks. Washington football team is uh, the second worst defense against opposing wide receivers here. You got Brady and company, uh, you know, coming out, you know, ready to sling. I think uh, I, I think we're going to see a big game for you know Mike Evans can be frustrating at times. He's a little bit of a roller coaster fantasy wise, but I think we get one of those highs this week. All right, my stud. Well, I've been on this bandwagon for the last two years that this guy should be a Packer. He should have been their second wide receiver, but they didn't take him. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think, is going to go huge in this game. Injuries to the secondary, obviously, with Stokes. We don't know the situation yet. Um, 
If Kevin King has to guard DK Metcalf, oh my gosh, this is going to be. Yeah, uh, this is this could be a nightmare. This could be. A There's huge... nobody on the Packers roster that can match up no. physically with DK Metcalf. And that is going to be a problem. Yeah, that's the problem I see. Russ back as well. So I think DK Metcalf's going to go off this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, we get Rodgers back and, uh, yes. they, you know, they can keep up at this point. Exactly. I think uh, this is going to be a situation where they're going to have to double him because, like I said, nobody matches up. Um, you know, we'll see what that opens up for Lockett on the other side. But also, it just might not matter. You know, DK's yeah. going to get his. All right. Who do you got, Dud wide receiver? Yeah, so I know you were liking uh, Lamar in the quarterback <laughs> section. But I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about Hollywood Brown yeah. this week. You know, he's been – uh, he's been a player that has, you know, ha- has been consistently good this year. You know, he's somebody that, uh, you know, that you can rely on in fantasy, but there's a few things going against him in his favor. One, you know, I, I just talk about game flow going against the, uh, uh, the Dolphins here. I think the Ravens start putting it together this week and uh, pull away early. It looks like Marquise Brown will be ready and he'll play here on, in the Thursday night game. Okay. But, uh, you know, after being a full participant in Tuesday's report, but, I mean, nobody at this point in the league in the National Football League is at 100%, but after Brown left with a back injury, you know, you have to question that a little bit. They've been getting Rashad Bateman more involved there in Baltimore. There's maybe a chance Sammy Watkins comes back this week and uh, some more competition, uh, bad game flow. It's a pretty decent matchup, but um, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't feel comfortable rolling him out there this week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Philadelphia side here. You know, Devonta Smith, he, he had another good performance last week. Five catches, 116 yards, and his second receiving touchdown of the year. But, you know, you get hyped up thinking, okay, that's going to be good. I, I don't like him this week against Denver. I know that secondary is hurting a little bit with Sertan out. But I think at Denver, that defense, they showed what they could do against the Cowboys. I mean, that was like, whoa, where did this come from? So if you were banking on Devonta Smith to have, you know, back-to-back great weeks for you. I'm not liking the chances this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a couple interesting things on Smith, you know, he slumped a little bit. He had that bad game against Detroit, you know, and and bounced back a bit last week. He still ranks 21st in the league with a among wide receivers in target share at 24%. So obviously, you know, they're playing run-heavy game plans. Quez Watkins, of all people, is their wide receiver that's seen the field most out of anybody (laughs) in that receiving core. You know, he's getting 96% of the snaps to Smith, 77%. But when they do throw and when they do have to, they look Smith's way. But uh, you're right. He's far from a, uh, you know, a consistent option. And I think we can expect ups and downs for the rest of the season. All right. Seahawks, Packers, always a heated rivalry. Let's just, you know, ever since we'll take the ball and we'll score and the fail Mary and everything else. I mean, it's always been a great game, you know, just all the last 20 years it seems like and another one coming up sunday at lambeau yeah the broadcast stations are going to be happy to have both quarterback superstars back yeah uh, russell wilson i mean amazing how fast he was able to heal from that surgery so uh you know we'll see you know he goes out there i assume he'll be his normal self it wasn't too far off uh you know it's close to a pickup pick them game here uh you know obviously the packers get the minus three points for the uh the home field boost here this is going to be interesting. You know, yeah. the Packers defense has been playing awesome, but the Seahawks run game, you know, the Packers were awesome against the run, but the Seahawks run game hasn't really been, hasn't really been there without Chris Carson to have Alex Collins or Shad Penny, you know, now that those guys are doing a ton of damage here, they're going to have to go to the air and have guys like DK and, and Lockett uh, beat us. And I think, you know, they're going to beat us on plenty of occasions and Rogers and company are going to have to pick up, but I kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the show. 
Rodgers always plays the best when there's a chip on his shoulder. As soon yes. as you, as soon as you start counting him out, he comes back out and he has an MVP season. And uh, you know what? You know what causes people to forget about or overlook? <laughs> uh, you know some of those some of those comments he made this week. Uh, the, it, 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 I mean, what causes people to forget about that is wins in the National Football League. You know the big story will be him coming out and balling out, not, you know, whatever comments he made, you know, on a talk show the week before here. So I think you're going to get a motivated, focused, dialed in Rogers who's going to be able to put up 30 points in a winning effort. I, I am with you on that. I think, yes, it's going to be a shootout, lots of points here. There's going to be some big plays in this, but I think you just mentioned the number one thing, Rogers, that chip on his shoulder. And when he has that, you know things are going to go good in your direction, even though, you know, things, defense. You know, people might get upset here if, if they give up a lot of points in this one. I won't, though, because it's just like, mm-hmm. yes, they did great at Kansas City. I mean, that shows you what they can do. I don't expect them to do that every week, and especially, you know, with injuries and then, you know, with this receiving core coming back, I I, I would argue, you know, they, they might have better receiver, re, wide receiving core than Kansas City since, you know, you just have to stop Hill – and I understand the Kelsey's basically number one, but you know, with those other objects out there for Seattle, I think you know it's going to be much harder for the corners to match up with them. But I think mm-hmm. in the end, yes, I think the Packers win in a shootout by field goal for sure. And the and the, uh, and the thing that last thing I'll add is the X factor for the Packers is Kenny Clark here. You know, he, yes. he left the Kansas City game with a back injury. We don't know for sure. I think they've alluded to it, not maybe not being a long term concern. But if they get him back and, and to his regular self, I think they can make Seattle more one-dimensional if they're unable to run the football here. And uh, then, you know, you can get some of the double coverages out there to maybe compete with these receivers a little bit better. So uh, Kenny Clark, you know, a lot of the game, I think a lot of the defensive game plan will hinge on him. He's, uh, he's one of the top, probably say definitely a top five player on this entire team, definitely a top two or three guy on this defense here. And, uh, and they'll need him back for a big game like this. You know what? I hate Twitter. I just we started at the show with someone saying there's three teams involved now for Odell Beckham, and now some other guy says there's six teams now involved. So I'm just like within a half hour span of us recording, someone's just making up other things off the wall. So that's why I'm just like, I've got to oh, stop yeah. checking this today. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. On RotoWire, we have a completely separate feed for rumors than we do Thank actual you. news. A couple, a couple clients have approached us about that over the last couple of years. So uh, you know. <laughs> That feed will be popping off today a little bit. The actual news one may be a little bit quieter. <laughs> and speaking of Rotowire, hey, that's a plus of getting on there as well, finding that and everything else you need to help set those matchups for this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the things that I reference on the th- on, on the show, you know, target share and uh, and and red zone targets and, and snap share and all this stuff. You know, we put that all available for you in a nice, easy to digest. Uh, you know, some nice tables, charts, articles with observations alongside. So help you with your fantasy teams. You can uh, you can look at these games the same way that I I'll look at these games. And uh, I'll throw my last little plug in here. Yes. You know, I do a ton of college basketball stuff on Rotowire. And the season tipped off yesterday. I know the Badgers came out, got a big win. Marquette came out and got a big win here. I'm not sure how the allegiance is split that way <laughs> up in Green Bay. Here in Madison, it's pretty lopsided one way. Yes. But, uh, no, we have tons of uh, tons of content if you're playing any season-long pools or uh, or, or daily games. And, uh, and, you know, get ahead of, you know, a lot of people just like to fill out yeah. that bracket. They don't think yes. about college basketball until March. But, yeah. you know, check out some of our stuff early on. And, uh, you know, we'll get you better covered for those pools uh, by the time bracket season rolls around yeah don't just check in at the end of february check check in now so then nancy in the office is not beating you in the pool because she's picking by you know the team uniform colors you'll actually be informed on your picks come march 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there were some amazing games last night. We saw some NBA talent, uh, you know, in, with both Duke and, and Kansas in yes. action. Memphis has some absolute studs this year. Penny Hardaway is going to sneak up on some people, yeah. perhaps. Uh, it's, it's shaping up to be a great season. With fans back, you know, you see yes. all these guys falling out in the arena because fans are back. And, uh, you know, they're feeding off the energy. And, and it's just a wonderful time of the year. Well, Jake, again, thank you so much for your time this week. And best of luck. And we'll join you again coming up next week. Yep. Always a pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Uh, best of luck to you and uh, all of our listeners in our fantasy lineups. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at Draft That Guy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.